We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is Tuesday morning, the 24th of October, and it's time once again for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, joined by Scott Kennedy. Scott, quick shout out to you. Thank you so much for holding down the fort while I was gone. I You saw me join the uh, chat a few times while I was in the airport or, you know, in the Uber listening on the way, but uh, appreciate you, you know, doing solo. I know those solo shows can be a little bit uh, harder to do because you don't really have the normal breaks in there. And it's 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 a lot easier to do midseason, you know, during yeah. the season instead of like July twentieth can be a little tougher when you're trying to figure out what to do. But the the coming off a win and the uh, the great community that we have with Broncos for breakfast make it easy to just you know chat football with uh, the ladies and gentlemen of Broncos country. So I, I appreciate everybody for being here and uh, and hanging out with me while Nick was gone. Yeah, it was good. Got to see the, the family sister I hadn't seen since her wedding. Uh, hang out with uh, you know pregnant wife in Rocky Mountain National Park, where we got married there in Estes Park back pre sick bug, uh, as Carl likes Carl's daughter likes to call it. So yeah, appreciate that. And yeah, a lot to talk about. Broncos of the win. The curse is broken, right? That was my first win I've witnessed in now ten attempts. So that was fun. And the meet and greet was awesome. I see Jeremy Sean's in the house. It was awesome to sit and talk with him for a bit. Um, other folks, of course, came as well. Uh, hopefully, folks can come out for the meet and greet in the future. That was my first one, and it was—it really was a lot of fun. Um, we got blessed with a good game and good weather as well, though. I—I uh, I made an executive decision yesterday as we were talking about Kansas City Chiefs. If if the Broncos lose this game, that would end the the season, the last chance to play the the, the Chiefs again. The meet and greet will be when the Chiefs come to Denver next year. We've got to put the mojo of the three and zero undefeated against the streak of the Kansas City Chiefs. So next year, Kansas City Chiefs meet and greet. It's happening. It's happening. What if it's like you know January? I don't care. I said if it's on Christmas freaking day, it's happening. <laughs> Christmas well, we'll in see. Denver, everybody. We'll see what uh, Chad has to say about that. I'm hope hopefully I can come next year. Obviously, I'll have a. Uh son at that point i don't know if i've shared too much with the world that uh have a boy coming but uh yeah no that's a uh we'll see it's yeah, definitely gonna try to get out there again it was a lot of fun and let's say hello to some people in the chat as they're starting to come in now jeremy sean comes in really nice to talk with you jeremy um it says morning boys gangs back together i feel like it's going to be fines to uh to a four game suspension is a little crazy on a questionable penalty i think they will plead it down to two games so yeah i i think 
inevitably with Kareem Jackson. So the big news, I guess, yesterday is that Kareem Jackson, after a violent hit, but shoulder to shoulder, but a violent hit where he looked like, you know, left his feet and ducked his head, uh, is a four-game suspension. I think he will appeal it, and I think it will get down. Uh, Scott, did you hear the one interesting conspiracy uh, with this suspension? You're muted. You're muted. Sorry, I was coughing. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Yes, I I didn't hear it, but I'm pretty good at guessing conspiracies. So who knows? Maybe they had him do it on purpose so they didn't have to pay him and they wanted P.J. Locke in there anyway. Um, That would be on the Denver side of things. That would be my first guess at a conspiracy theory. The judge uh, who divvies out these uh, calls, suspensions, his son is a Green Bay Packer. Um, is uh, Runyon is uh, he was an offensive lineman for the Michigan Wolverines, drafted by the Packers, and uh, his uh, so the the judge who makes these calls is actually uh, maybe has a little bias in there. I don't think he actually does have bias to this, but kind of an interesting little tidbit. I, uh, I again, I said it was like a parole violation, or you know, you get probation and you get a, a suspended sentence. He should have been suspended on that Hannah Logan Thomas flat out. That one was egregious with a capital E. That was a suspendable offense. And then he got sus- got fined like three more times. You know, he didn't uh, get ejected. So for me, this was a cumulative effect. Um, you know, whether you agree with this one or, th- or that one, he's obviously doing something wrong. They're not just picking on the guy. And, and it, it is pretty easy to figure out. He, he ducks his head and leads with his helmet on every, the crown of his helmet on every single tackle he makes. It's dangerous. It's, it's bad football. It's not technically sound. He's knocked out one of his own players doing this. He's lucky he hasn't broken his own damn neck. And um, I, I feel like this is a cumulative effect, Jeremy, on this, was that he, sh- he should have been suspended earlier. He's lucky he wasn't suspended two games, and then the next time he does it is four games. So him only missing four games, I think, is how the judge put it in the, in, in the write-up, was basically this is for your actions for the season, not just for this one hit. And, and I'm, not, I'm not surprised a bit. I'm not surprised at all. Now, when they appeal it, this is what's interesting, Nick. They appeal it to former players. There's two former players that will hear it. Derek Brooks and I think James Thrash. What message are they sending if they do accept the appeal and lessen the sentence? What 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 message are they sending to Kareem Jackson, to defensive players, and to the offensive players in which he's headhunting? I think that though is any suspension is still sending a message of sorts. I think four games, I don't know if there's any precedent uh, to that level of it. And I think they're trying to make him out to be Vontez perfect, perfect, which I do not think cream Jackson is that level of insane trying to break necks. No, Vontez perfect was lit was, was, was clinical. I watched him in high school and you should have seen him in a seven on seven. It was like having a rabid dog chained to a meat wagon that was Mm -hmm. locked up. I mean, it was, he wouldn't yeah. allow it. Every once in a while, he'd just say, to hell with it. And he'd throw a forearm at somebody coming across the middle. Yeah. Uh, I watched him go after Matt Barkley's knee in high school when they were both committed to USC and they were going to be teammates in four months. Um, and he he went, I've got it on video somewhere on, on one of my YouTube channels. Takes three steps and dives right at his knee as Matt Barkley's falling through. Dirtiest by far, the dirtiest. That, that guy was mental. I, I've said, I think Kareem Jackson, I feel like he's overcompensating a little bit. Mm-hmm. he's a corner trying to hang on in the league as a safety and he's undersized. So he has to do it a little bit harder, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, a little bit meaner than someone that's got 30 pounds on him playing the same position. Yeah. And it's reckless. It, it is. It's reckless. 
I do expect the appeal uh, to come here at some point. I don't think there's any news about that being announced yet. And I think it'll get reduced from four games, as Jeremy said, probably down to two. Um, but, you know, he's on a, a watch list now. Anything that's close, it's going to be, you know, right back to being suspended. And the Broncos' depth at safety is going to be interesting. The one thing I will say, and uh, following the aftermath of the ejection and the suspension, is that NFL players, uh, not just Broncos, but NFL players have really come to defend the specific hit. Uh, this one specifically, which it was shoulder to shoulder, Luke Musgrave did duck his head at the same time. Now the action from, and I heard you say, and I agree hundred percent, the action of ducking his head in the lunge would be targeting in college football. Uh, would it be a flagrant one or two? I, th- I don't know with that one, but he would be out. Um, a shoulder to the helmet attacking the guy is, is, but this isn't college. This is different rules. Yeah. But you know, I think of it like, you know, in soccer, intent doesn't always matter. You know, if it's it's what happens. And and if I go in two footed with a cleats up challenge and I win the ball and still clean, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm making the referee make a decision because the challenge itself is reckless. The way he tackles is reckless. If he doesn't connect in the perfect spot, it's going to be an illegal tackle. It's 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 poor. It's it's fundamentally poor for one dangerous and reckless for another. And that's why he keeps getting fined and suspended. Yeah, and we'll talk about the ramifications of that for the Broncos. But first, we want to say hello to some superstars coming in here. Michael Ronquillo. Michael's just consistently really, really supportive of the show, and we really appreciate you, buddy. Uh, he says, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos with the orange heart, the blue heart, and the salute. God bless you, Michael. We also got our guy, Mark Schrader. Mark, coming in here. Mark, hopefully we can get you out of the meet and greet at some time in the future because uh, always enjoy talking with you. He says, great to have you both here. Great job, Solo Scott. Do appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, you definitely got some uh, some days off in the bank uh, after this last week if you need to take them. <laughs> of course, we appreciate that. Let's say hello to some more people coming in here. A good morning from Donald Willison Jr. Uh, he says, I wanted to thank you for starting my mornings. Well, you're welcome. It's always a lot of fun to hang out and uh, talk a little ball in the morning. Jeremy Sean says, by the way, I'm rocking my Broncos for breakfast t-shirt this morning. I, I don't think you got many more opportunities uh, for the t-shirt there, Jeremy. I think it's like 38 degrees in the forecast for next Sunday. We got so damn lucky with the weather in that uh, Green Bay game. Really, truly beautiful, beautiful weekend. It looked there. gorgeous. It, it, the it, bright, sunny Colorado day. It looked gorgeous out there. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It was really, really pretty. Um, we got lucky. Uh, Jamal Killing saying, morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. David Youngkin coming in talking about Kareem Jackson saying he has been a repeat offender for his, this behavior before. So in this case, he deserves it. I do think that they will look at the hit specifically, though, on that last one, and it'll be reduced because I don't think this hit in its in it by itself would qualify for a suspension. Uh, but because the repeat offender thing, but because it came after this single hit, I think this is the one they're going to review more so, and that might end up producing the sentence. I'm just spitballing. I, I mean, I don't know exactly. What you read it though, and it was talked about the 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 write up <clears throat> was all about this is continue to happen. Happened yeah. here when you were suspended when you weren't suspended. You're, this is the fifth time you've been fined in seven games. It's this was again. I, I think of it like somebody getting in trouble and getting a suspended sentence. It's like okay, well we're we're gonna we're gonna suspend you two games, but we're no pun intended, or you know, play on words here. English is fun. You're gonna be, you're gonna sit out two games, no pay, but we're gonna suspend that sentence. Meaning, if you stay on good behavior, you won't have to do it. That, that's that's the way it feels to me. Yeah. Is okay. Well, you screwed up again. You're getting the two that we didn't give you, and now you're getting two more. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, God, does Kareem Jackson? He must just love football because at this point he's going to be paying the league. Uh, to play uh, with how much he's been spending, what he's been owed on that uh, relatively cheap contract. Uh, but let's say hello to David Youngkin again, says he's been a repeat offender for this behavior. So he deserves it. Yeah, I also said David's not feeling great. Hope you feel better, David. Uh, we got uh, Kevin Gray in the house saying, morning, Nick and Scott Big Mile. Hi, salute. Good to see you, Kevin. I see Bama X here. Bama X, it was great to meet you at the meet and greet. Good to talk a little bit of football with you. Um, I appreciated the kind words of support after that uh, Iowa football dagger to the heart, whatever the hell happened in that game. <laughs> it says morning Broncos country. Good to see you, Bama X. I mean, I guess this is Lawrence. Some Facebook user saying, what's up guys? Denver Broncos for life. Or Ben. Good to see ben. Okay. Well, good to see whoever it is. Facebook user. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Richard miles saying, Hey, good to see you guys live for the first time in forever. Good to see you. We got robot of doom coming in. I know he's got some uh, speed runs coming up here over on his channel. Good to meet you at the meet and greet it says good morning. Broncos country with K Jack gone for four games. I don't think we trade Simmons unless it's a can't say no offer. Thanks you guys for the signed poster also. Yeah. I mean, I got to say the, the signing of stuff, you know, my mom doesn't want my signature. So God, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty cool to see you guys. No, uh, it was really fun to talk with you. Uh, R of D as I wrote on the poster for you. Uh, wish I could have hung out more. That was the thing. It's like, if I felt like I was being pulled so many directions, I wanted to talk to you all you guys more than we did. But uh, what do you think about robot of doom's comment here about, 
the Kareem Jackson suspension impacting Justin Simmons' potential trade? I think he's right. And and frankly, I don't think I don't think you were going to get an offer for Justin Simmons that made it worthwhile anyway. Um, what did the Philly just traded for a safety who has a similar resume and it was about where I said it was going to be, Nick. It was, you know, fifth round pick and a sixth, somewhere in there. It was it was pretty low. You're it's not worth right now for you to get a day three pick for Justin Simmons. You're better off having him on the team and working out what you want to do with that contract next year. Um, and that, that I, I was leaning to that before I even thought about Robot of Doom's point, which you're thin at safety anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Now you, you need him back there just for the bodies, the, the veteran body out there. So, yeah. and you might say the same thing in reverse. Let's say Justin Simmons pulls a hamstring and he's out four to six weeks and it's not uh, Kareem Jackson, you got to hold on to who you've got now. You can't just go and replace them with practice squad players or draftees who haven't played a snap so far this season uh, in Skinner. So I, I agree. I think this is a, a great point. And frankly, I don't, I, don't see a, I don't see a lot of action at the trade deadline just because unless, Jerry Judy would be the one. If I'm, if I'm handicapping guys to go, I would say it might be Jerry Judy. Well, or Cortland Sutton has played his way into another round up, I believe. If he was a fourth, he might get a third now. I think that the Broncos will hold fast, asking for a round three pick uh, for Justin Simmons. So the Titans trade Kevin Byard, longtime safety from, God, I want to say he played at like Middle Tennessee State or something. I remember him coming out. Uh, but he's traded the Eagles for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick. The They also get a safety, young, relatively young safety back in return in Terrell Edmonds. And the... Eagles are taking on, I believe, completely the contract of Kevin Byard as well. So it's like we talk about. You can, you know, I'll I'll eat five million of that for one more roundup. Yeah, one more round. I'll buy I'll buy a round for you. I'll send you a fourth if you're gonna if you'll do five million dollars if you'll pick up an extra five. Yes, exactly. So I think that I this doesn't really trade change things for me on shopping Simmons. I still have a asking for a round three pick, maybe even round three and a, a five, and this trade makes me think that that's not going to happen. So I'm not trading him in that scenario. Uh, I think Simmons, I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, fire sale and cleaning house and the teams, you know, the Deion Sanders approach teams filled with a bunch of losers, guys who only know how to lose. So you probably need a clean sweep. I I don't know if that's the, the, the move, but I've heard, definitely heard that sentiment from Broncos country with a lot of the guys that have been here over the losing years. Uh, but I think the trade doesn't have any impact on it, uh, for me, if I can get what I want, then I'm going to be able to move him, but I don't see that coming. I don't either. And I think the addition by subtraction moves have already been made. The, yeah. This guy's gone. We don't care what we get. We're willing to cut him. I think those have already happened twice in Frank Clark and Randy Gregory. I don't, I don't see that happening again. Uh, even if you consider Jerry Judy to be an attitude problem. And frankly, I don't think he has a real problem with his teammates. He might cause some embarrassment, you know, at Dove Valley now and then, but it's, it would cause it would take a good offer to trade Jerry Judy right now. Whereas you're waving Frank Clark and you're willing to wave Randy Gregory. I think that's done. So you don't have a lot of valuable assets to trade. You're better off keeping these guys playing up the stretch because they're good professionals. They played hard. They win. They came back last week. I mean, they proved that they're not quitters is what I mean, Mm -hmm. is what I meant by that. Not that they're winning might only win two or three more games, but they're not quitters. They're not quitting on the Denver Broncos. They're not quitting on Broncos country it's worth keeping them around for what the pittance you would get in, t- in return for a trade. 
And just because they're not traded at the deadline doesn't mean the trade potential goes away, right? We have the off season as off well, season. where some guys can be moved. Could even be part of a package where, you know, you're moving slightly up in the draft or something. So we'll see what happens with that. But again, if I'm still getting a third round pick plus for Justin Simmons, even though Kareem Jackson's gone, good luck. Delaren Turner, good luck. Uh, JL Skinner. We're going to try to figure it out, but I don't see that happening uh, for the Broncos. So We'll see. I do want to talk a little bit more about the trade deadline, of course, but want to say hello to some folks coming in. Jesse Fraley in the house and good morning. I'm surprised it was only four games given the past history. Well, he's one hit away from uh, maybe the, his year ending. So uh, we'll see how that plays out for him. Pearl Heater says, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. King of the North says, at this point, KJ can't pretend that these hits are legal or safe. Come on at full speed. These hits are not okay. I do find it a little bit interesting, the juxtaposition about, you know, Cream Jackson's hit uh, being dirty. And then you see the NFL tweeting out. Did you see the Devon Witherspoon hit this week? Mm-mm. I mean, he laid out a guy, ducked his head and just absolutely obliterated him. I mean, fun, fun hit for football, but like, you know, it's, it was ugly. And you see the NFL like, Oh my God, look at this rookie killing it here. And it was a, I mean, dangerous head ducking pop of a defenseless uh, receiver. So, I mean, it's, they're not ever consistent. They're never going to be consistent. Yep. We see that week to week. I mean, the refing is just, it's, they're not consistent. If we didn't have double standards, we wouldn't have standards at all. So no, I don't, sure. you, you, you know, I say it all the time, Nick, I don't mind an a-hole. I can't stand a hypocrite, man. Same rules apply to everybody. Y'all. If you're yeah. going to do it this way, do it, do it the same way for everybody. That's all I ask. It's consistency. Hey gang, make little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day you know how it is watching the broncos to say the least you work up a bit of an appetite but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after nfl kickoffs plus all day sunday and get ready for some football and fun choose your favorite little caesar's pizza or pick the toppings you crave either way you win personally i'm a big fan of little caesar's plain cheese pizza but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game Mm -hmm. and don't praise (laughs) don't praise it on the other end that's i mean if you don't say anything or don't suspend them given the lack of repeat offense that's one thing but just the the praise of it it's it's wild albert knopper says good morning guys i'm glad you all had a good time at the meet and greet sorry i missed it i'm sorry you missed it too albert uh no it's it's okay hopefully we'll see you next time uh and yeah it was a really good time we got our guy james campbell coming in the mhh great james says broncos need to see what they have in pj lock honestly i think it's think Kjack's time in Denver should be done. You know what you have in him, but you need to see what other options on the roster are like. The one thing I will say about Kareem Jackson is that with how the players came to his defense, he has to be beloved in that locker room by his teammates. I mean, you don't, a lot of times you'll see guys, you know, something happen and it's crickets. That was not the case. You had former teammates coming for him, current teammates coming for him, really uh, supporting him. Not saying that we don't want to see more, PJ Locke, as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, but uh, I do think that there is something to be said about the locker room and the like of Cream Jackson in there. Even like players that never played with him were coming to support him on that. Now, granted, it's kind of the the defenses in their own kind of fraternity with the, you know, well, if you can't hit like this, then what's even the point? But uh, 
I do think that hopefully you'll get a little bit more of a rotation out there and it is time to see what you have in PJ Locke as well. Yeah. And frankly, we were a little surprised in 2022 when Kareem Jackson was out as a free agent for a long time and then re-signed with the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2023, the same thing happens. And the, the reaction amongst you know the MHH crew was like, ugh, why can't we replace this guy? You know, and again, Nick, you always hear me say, I'm not going to blame a guy for not being good enough. That's not his fault. It's the organization's fault for not having a better option. Caden Stearns is injury prone. Uh, PJ Locke has been okay. So you're going into this season with as a number two safety with a guy who hasn't played because of injury, a guy who's really old, and and PJ Locke who basically hasn't played a lot either. That's that's on Sean Payton. That's on George Payton. You're the, mm-hmm. That you're thin at safety is not a surprise. And the thing is, Nick, that's not an expensive position. That's you, mm-hmm. you should have been able to go out there and, and upgrade, get a little better insurance policy than you know a 33 year old, 185 pound former corner who's lost three steps, a guy who's played 75 snaps in his career because of injury. Mm-hmm. So that's on that's on the organization. The problem you've got at safety right now. It is. It's, it is a relatively easy position to fill on the market or in the draft late. I mean, DeLaron Turner yell right now, even though he's a fifth round pick, doesn't look like he belongs out there. So that's, I would say, a soft miss. Uh, JL Skinner, sixth round pick. I don't know if he has the athleticism to play in the back end in the NFL. Uh, so maybe, I mean, that's somebody who you'd hope would step up. up but he's been a healthy scratch uh, pretty much all season. So that's not great. And you lost Caden Stearns, but, you know, kind of is who he is at this point. You can't depend on him. And next year, he's just a, you know, a wild card. If you get anything from him, that'd be great, but can't depend on him. So now it's PJ Lock time. Uh, we'll see what happens to them. He also needs to stay healthy, but it will be interesting to follow with him and Justin Simmons back there. Hopefully both those guys can stay healthy. Gary Palmer, 999, says, good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm bummed that I had to leave Denver before the meet and greet. I am too. I was so sick I didn't want to inflict anybody. Well, that's actually okay. That's <laughs> good call there. Um, happy to get the win. Go Broncos. Well, hopefully you're feeling better, Gary, and uh, hopefully we can see you in the future. Uh, hopefully you're feeling better uh, as just in general, man. That's That stinks. Good call, though, man. Very, very not selfish. I'm being very protective of the, uh, <laughs> the wife right now, right? Pregnant. Really don't want her to get sick, so glad that you uh, made that call and protecting other people around you. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing some math right now for a question that came up. Um, 32, 23, 22. So let me uh, let me see if I can find this one. Gary, and sorry we missed you. I hope you're feeling better. You, you mentioned that you might not be able to make it next year. Make it next year. We'll see if we can figure that out. We, we might need to come to you. Um, oh, it's Colin. It was a question. So thank you for the support, Gary, and, and hope you've, you made it back safe and you're, you're feeling feeling better. Colin Wood asked a question. You know, he says, I wonder how our defense ranks if you take that Miami game out of the equation. If you remove the 70 points from the Miami game, you're averaging 24.5 points per game, which puts you uh, in scoring at 22nd. So you're still 22nd in scoring, but the needle is heading in the right direction after the past few games against the Chiefs and the uh, and the Packers. So 22nd in scoring defense if you were to take Miami out of the equation, but that's also leaving Miami on everybody else's schedule too. So um, we took Miami out of the league. That 70, that 70 is a, a little bit of an outlier, but you're still bottom third in scoring defense right now with uh, without that 70 points, which which it's, it's not good enough. It's, it's not good enough. Getting better, um, 
you know, willing to see more, but not ready to, you know, hand Vance Joseph a contract extension. Yeah. I mean, I think it's impossible to say that they haven't improved mm -hmm. through the first, you know, first four weeks to the last four weeks. They've been a lot better. Uh, I think even game by game now, granted the Jordan love and that Packers team was not very good. I was not super impressed with their weapons, Jordan love in general with some questionable decisions, but uh, they look much better specifically in the back seven, just more of a cohesive unit. I think they kind of Vance Joseph kind of understands what the assignments need to be. And the guys I think are playing a little bit better football on the back end. Now <laughs> we got the chiefs coming to town and Patrick Mahomes, who just threw like, you know, 10,000 yards and Travis Kelsey blowing kisses after 20 touchdown games. But yeah, it's uh, I think they are playing better. They're still a well below average unit. You can see the talent on the field. You can see the holes in the field, but they're not, historically bad. I mean, through the first four games, it was DVOA saying like, this is the worst defense of all time. Mm -hmm. That's normalized. Some defense is much more volatile and fluctuates. It was always going to regress some to the mean, just like we saw the Browns last week. Oh, this is a historically good defense. Give up 38 points to the Gardner Minshew Colts. That's some regression. To, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's some regression to the mean there. Uh, but Broncos are not going to end up with the worst defense of football. They're going to end up with a bottom 10 unit. I am pretty confident in that. Brandon Williams talking about a bottom 10 defense says thoughts about rookie cornerback Riley Moss being a healthy scratch. Thanks guys. I think that Moss with that hernia like injury that he saw where he missed almost the entirety of rookie or entirety of training camp missed most of the season uh, so far. And now he's a healthy scratch. I think he's just behind physically, mentally. And unfortunately with the rookie, when you have an injury like that, it does seem like you get maybe a, redshirt season until like maybe the last four games of the year. Now we're one injury away, uh, but I think they're probably play, slow playing it with him just because he missed so much time. Yeah. You want him practicing. You don't want him out and you can't drop him to the practice squad because he would have to pass through waivers and he'd never make it. So he's on the 53 and he might be healthy, but that doesn't mean he's ready. So again, Nick, Nick explained it really well, but again, you're like, well, why would he be on the 53? Why is he? Because you, you can't, you can't just put him on the practice squad in order to move a guy to the practice squad. You got to cut him first, pass them, have them pass through waivers if they're eligible for that, or, you know, or someone else can put a claim and you're not, there's no way you can do that with Riley Moss. So he's on the 53. So he can practice and, and start making strides towards getting ready. But, um, you know, I, I've had this discussion before and it's semantics, Nick, well, if he's not 100%, then he shouldn't play. Well, the only way you can get to be 100% is by playing. So, you know, you can pass it. We said that about Javante Williams. You know, if he's not 100%, I don't want him to play. You can pass every physical test known to man, and you're not going to be a 100% peak performance until you get some games under your belt. And, 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 and that's a running back who's a third-year guy in the league. Riley Moss just... Might be a healthy scratch. He might not be 100% healthy, but you want him out there because he's not allowed to practice or do anything while he's he's on IR. It's also possible he's a missed evaluation. I mean, let's just call it as it is. At this point, we haven't seen him. It's too early to say that definitively, uh, but he's a guy who played in a very interesting system at Iowa. You know, was not asked a lot, do a lot beyond, you know, press bail, off coverage kind of stuff. And maybe he's not looking great in practice so far. Uh, and, I can say this being, you know, wearing my Iowa shirt right now, that uh, a good amount of Iowa cornerbacks that have been drafted over the last, you know, three, four years have not lived, not been very good in the league because of these 
the system that they play puts them in a very advantageous situation. I, I guess I should take that back. The boundary corners have not been good. The slots slash safeties have been pretty good. So we'll see what happens with Riley Moss. I Scott, you remember the time. It was kind of a weird situation because I didn't want a bad mouth Moss coming in. I thought he was a good prospect, but the process of trading up for Moss, I hated immediately. Trading pick 108 to move up to, what was it, 80, 88, something like that, and giving up a future third in the process. You're giving up two almost top 100 picks for a single mid-third rounder. Yeah. I mean, I I hated that at the time, especially the team that did not have a lot of you know capital in the bank uh, to give up both those dart throws when drafting mid third round cornerbacks is already a you know grab bag a little bit. Didn't love the process. We'll still see. I mean, maybe Riley Moss hits and ends up being a starting caliber cornerback, and the Broncos beat the odds of trading those two picks to go get a guy. But uh, we'll see. Right now, it doesn't look great, but we don't have much actual data to go on other than the fact that the Broncos gave up 108 and what looks to be a pretty good third round pick. Uh, but it, whether it be the Saints or the Broncos pick uh, over to the, I think, Seahawks as well um, for Riley Moss. And that one doesn't math very well, like you're saying. The, the You got to hit. If you make a move like that, by God, you better hit because it's it's hard to justify uh, with the math on that one, as, as you were saying. Um, it's just there's a weird thing with a lot of teams and overconfidence in their own analysis, right? You're giving up. Just just play the math there. Pick 108. That's a that's an early fourth round pick. Typically, players in the top, there's like a huge drop off after like pick 115, 125 in terms of value. But 108, you should be able to get a running back there. I know uh Ade Ade was around that area. Man, he'd be nice to have for the pass rush. Uh, and then a third round pick on top of it. I mean, for for a team also that really shouldn't have been like gearing up and going for it, right? Like there, you were not, you shouldn't have been all in on this season. So I don't know. We'll see how that process plays out. But right now it's uh, the, the investment looks a little short-sighted. Yeah. And I had somebody when you and I were having this discussion about trading back and getting more picks. And one of our more cynical commenters was saying, all these draft guys always want more picks because they, they think they can't miss wrong. <laughs> it's exactly the opposite, dude. Mm-hmm. We want more picks because we know there are going to be misses. And the more chances, it's basic probability. I could do the math for you, but I won't. But the more players you have, the less chance you have of, of missing. The more player, the more chances you have of getting a hit. Um, it's it's If I've got a 50% chance of hitting in the first round and a 40% chance in the second round, give me two second round picks. The math works out a lot better that I'm going to get a player out of that. So... Yeah, the math on that, you, like I said, you, you, you best not miss when you make a trade. Uh, you make a trade like that. Uh, who's not missing for us? Rob coming in. He says, good morning, gents. Good to have you back together. It's it's great to be back together. It's much more relaxed for me. I can just let Nick drive, and I can just interrupt him every 30 seconds it's, uh, instead of trying to come up with stuff on my own. Uh, always the best MHH team. Well, I appreciate that. If we finish 4-9, and nine, who are likely draft targets and – you know, the, the 16, the 17 games has really gotten tough on uh, on Rob. I'm like, four and nine? Let's see. You'd be four and 13, actually. Who are likely... Uh, He's saying, like, the last... I think there's... Oh, the last... Thir- but there's not 13 games left. There's only 10 left. Well, then, I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, so... <laughs> four through nine. Draft. Oh, oh, the draft order. making sense. Yes. You finish yes. four through nine. Who are the likely, likely draft targets? Um, does Penix come up that high? Is he going to be a top 10 guy? 
No, uh, JJ not. McCarthy, would he come up that high? Possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McCarthy's one that you want to keep an eye on right now. Uh, if you just watch him, this is I'm going to give a comparison here that's going to send shivers down Broncos country spines here, but it's just purely from a traits and aesthetic perspective. But when I watch JJ McCarthy, I see good Vanderbilt Jay Cutler. Um, the arm is, I think the arm is live. Scott. Jay I mean, Cutler had a phenomenal arm. He just, like I said, now I'm interrupting Nick again. I always said he's the dumbest smart guy I ever watched play this game. You know, he yes. got into the bad habit and I used to blame it on being at Vanderbilt where he was by far the best player there. And he got into the habit of forcing throws, trying to make things happen. That didn't leave when he went to Den- when he when he got to the NFL. He was still doing stupid crap, like a f- first five years John Elway, like a first five years Brett Favre. Guys that have those rockets for arm, yeah. that put too much trust in them and make a lot of mistakes. That was Jay Cutler his whole career. Also, I don't know if Jay Cutler truly loved the grind of the game as much uh, got by with a lot of that natural talent, but I'm just speaking purely from a talent perspective. I think JJ McCarthy is a very loose and twitchy athlete for the position. Uh, you see him on some of those rollouts that they have at Michigan with their cheat code offensive line that they have right now. And uh, it looks really good on those bootlegs, different arm slots. And there's a few, you know, deep outs that he can just rip uh, absolute lasers. So I keep an eye on JJ McCarthy. Uh, obviously, Caleb Williams is having a he's worse this year than he was last year. So maybe he's not the slam dunk. Number one, Drake may is having a pretty good year there, but keep an eye out for JJ uh, McCarthy. He could end up being a top 10 pick. I Bruce Feldman was on. God, I think it was the rich Eisner show this last week. And he said that there is a, t- there's a team out there that actually has JJ McCarthy, their, their quarterback one over Williams and may. So, there is love for him and the traits and the tools that he has. We'll see how the season plays out. He hasn't played anybody of real value yet, so we'll see if some of those throws that he's making right now can hold against a Penn State, against an Ohio State playoffs. Uh, who knows? As far as four through nine, if you're picking at four, you're going to have the option of one of Olu Fashanu, left tackle from Penn State, uh, or uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. For some reason, let's say that Olu goes before Marvin Harrison Jr., I would probably sit there at four and take one of those guys. I think there's an obvious slash after the top two quarterbacks and those guys, unless JJ McCarthy rises up. But you'd take JJ McCarthy at four, wouldn't you? I would consider it. Mm -hmm. Um, If he ends up being that guy and uh, turns out, well, I think right now he's one that I just have, you know, highlighted. I need to see what it looks like against better competition because the tools are there. What does it look like when he actually has to quarterback in a somewhat disadvantageous situation? Because have not seen that so much. And outside of the bowling green green game so far, JJ McCarthy has been really, really good, but he just hasn't had to do much. I mean, he he's like played like 10 fourth quarter snaps this year because Michigan has been dominating so much. So want to see what it looks like against better competition. Uh, alt is definitely an option there. I think you kind of mixed up Olu and alt into one name there, Rob uh, left tackle from Notre Dame. Bowers would be really interesting with Sean Payton, given how much 12 and 21 personnel they like to use. He's a different kind of player than a Kyle Pitts. He's much more of a, almost like a hybrid between Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle. I think you're going to use him at, uh, in slot. I think you're going to use him in line. I think some NFL draft analysts that I really respect say that Bowers in the NFL could be utilized like a Cooper cup where he's almost detached in the slot as much as he is going to be in line. So, I would be interested in Bowers after that. 
maybe you know Keon Coleman's having an incredible year for uh, for Florida State. Malik Neighbors, LSU. Uh, you got a, a couple edge rushers as well. Latu Latu from Latu Latu from UCLA. Dallas Turner from Alabama. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where the Broncos end up picking. But I think at four, unless you're in love with that third quarterback there, it's whoever remains from Marvin Harrison Jr. or Olu Fashanu. All right. And again, I, you you like to come out of this with a quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can sneak a guy in the second round. Maybe. Yep. You know, that's where... We're going to have a second round pick, though. That's right. That Never mind. Um, maybe make some deals. So we'll see. The trade deadline coming up. Maybe you have a second round pick come November 1st. <laughs> you never know. And uh, Jonathan Follick has a, a question about the procedural aspects of the of trades in the NFL draft and coming in with a super chat. Thank you, sir. He says, morning, guys, with all the trade talk, could moving on from any of these players garner comp picks or would that not work since most of them are still under contract next year? Thanks, gents. No, um, they'd have to leave as a free agent in order for you to get comp picks and you couldn't sign an equitable free agent. So you will you lose Draymond Jones as a, a pretty high dollar free agent, but you sign Zach Allen. There goes your comp pick. So those cancel each other out. You have to be sellers and not buyers come free agency as well for you to be compensated for who you lose, which is kind of baloney anyway. I mean, they're free agents again, this forced parity thing. Um, We're not going to pay our players, so we want compensation for them. No, tough. Pay your players. Um, But on that note, you... What you're looking for for your high dollar guys right now for your for your veterans is, is salary cap relief. Those are the big ones where you could go out there and you would be buyers on the market, which would cancel out any type of free agent that you were able to get uh, if you lost. Josie Jewell is one of your. You know, I start looking at free agents, Nick, and he might be the the top guy that's going to be a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have many um, that are going to be there without being cut, and you do not get comp picks for players you release before their contract is over. Mm-hmm. Um, you also do if you sign somebody who was cut by another team, they do not factor into the compensatory formula. So that's one reason. It seems like every freaking year, the 49ers and the Ravens ha- own like half the compensatory picks. Mm-hmm. They seem to mostly go after guys who are released uh, or si- signed after the. There's a date. There's a deadline where the comp picks don't matter anymore, but. Or they're not, uh, the signings are not attributed to the formula. But yeah, right now the Broncos are not going to get any 2024 comp picks uh, based on who they signed in 2023. At least I believe that's what uh, um, the projection is. And other than Josie Jewell, you're not really losing anybody of value this cycle that I can think of off the top of my head that might garner a large contract. So yeah, no comp picks coming. The other way you can get comp picks is if you have a minority uh, front office person or a coach that is elevated to either general manager or head coach. So let's say the Broncos go on an absolute tear and have the number one defense in the entire NFL the rest of the season. <laughs> That's a uh, play in fantasy world. And Vance Joseph's gets hired to be a head coach somewhere. I know, guys, don't log off, but I'm just saying this is an example. Then you get a 2025 compensatory pick. Uh, so it'd be a year delayed, but you know, take the fantasy half off, hat off, turn off the Xbox. Uh, that's not happening this cycle with Vance Joseph. Um, no, and you start looking at the money and the, you know, the Broncos are now $21 million over the cap uh, going into next year. There will be some movement, um, which still makes me think, Nick, you got Russell Wilson for one more season. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see, uh, you know, and 
maybe you, you have that guaranteed contract for 2025, but that's still better than the dead cap hit you would have to take if you move on from him this year. Um, but Jewel is $7 million. Unfortunately, he doesn't actually count towards that. He's already factored into that 20. Garrett Bowles is plus 16 million if, if you move on for him. Um, let's see here. Justin Simmons is also $15 million. So we're talking about 31 there. Cortland Sutton is 10. There's 41. Tim Patrick is 10. There's 51. Ben Powers, you can actually move on from and take a cap hit, but you get some money back. Uh, DJ Jones, who I don't think you want to move, but there's a trade asset we don't actually talk about much, Nick. Is his next year, his number is 13 on three. So there's 10 there. You don't want to do that. I think you're absolutely trying to move Jerry Judy. There's 13. So what am I up to? About $70 million. You got to replace those guys. But in a rebuilding year, if you have to hit the nuke button, you're replacing with veterans and just trying to survive the season with, with, with uh, low dollar veterans and draft picks. Yeah. I mean, not to be too dark on this, but I was thinking about this. I haven't put this out in the universe yet, but let's say there's a reality where the Broncos do hit the nuke button on Russell Wilson's contract. Do have to move on from a lot of these guys. And it is really 2024 than a bounce off the floor hard year. I mean, it could be even worse talent wise than this season, which I know people are like, Oh, but how is that possible? It is possible folks. Uh, you're not even heading the brunt of the Russell Wilson cap hit right now. And he's not playing like a top 10 quarterback and it's a, he's about to get paid like a top four quarterback. Uh, so that could be rough. If you move on from him, you don't get that young quarterback, or maybe even you do get that young quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked at all if your starting quarterback uh, week one, 2024 is Jarrett Stidham, um, especially if you are a really bad roster around that quarterback spot. Maybe you want to protect that quarterback from some bad habits or anything, or you took a developmental guy. That's a reality out there um, for the Broncos going forward. And I know that's not one that a lot of people would look forward to, but with where the team is at from a, draft pick perspective, a salary cap perspective, and the direction of Russell Wilson roster. Uh, we are not out of the darkness uh, just yet. I don't even know if you can fully see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, just yet because that salary cap implications would be over 2024 and 2025. Um, let's say the Denver Broncos get their quarterback in this draft. Okay. okay. I was oh, asked okay. this question. I'll see what you said. I have a feeling. Who is it? Who it, ma it matters who it is for me. It's, it's one or two. It's Caleb Williams. Oh, or Drake okay. May. You get one or two. Okay. Yeah. You get one or two, you get one or two and you get the, the franchise guy at quarterback. So when I mean like, and, and, and as Albert says, yeah, we, we enjoy trading down because it's like bingo. The more cards you, you can color, the more chances you have to win. Now there's, there's, there's probability in there. The, the mm -hmm. probability says, you know, and, and with a small enough sample size, I can prove any points you want, but I should never draft this guy here. Look at this guy. The probability is first round draft picks succeed more than second round draft picks and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's basic math. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the probability, there's an exponential curve. Mm -hmm. You pay so much more for guys in the first round than you do later on that I can get five or six more picks for a first down the line and increase my probability of getting one player. Yeah. So I, I agree with you here. Um, Albert, uh, almost, you know, with, with stipulations. Now I was asked this last week <clears throat> after I got a confused of towing the company line and being a sunshine pumper of sorts. That's me, Mr. Sunshine. Oh, I know you Scott. I was asked straight out, Scott, when do you think this team can be competitive? And I had just gone through, you just come off the loss to, was it the Jets? Um, 
in, in week six and you're sitting there with a number three pick and I said, okay, look at the schedule. There's a chance you could only have one more win here. Um, you're, you're absolutely in play for it. Let's assume you get your quarterback. How quickly do you think this team could be competitive for a playoff spot? 2026. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's for the same reasons. The math, the math on the salary cap, the salary cap's a myth. No, it's not. When you've got money tied up into aging, underperforming players, the salary cap becomes very, very real. And that's the problem that the Denver Broncos are going to have. And you can cuss the salary cap math for the next couple of years. If this thing doesn't just turn around through hard work and coaching over the course of the 2023 season. Yeah. Broncos are in such a weird limbo spot. I mean, just there's obvious to see, I think the coaching is competent. And I mean, that's some of the design that I got to see from the, you know, aerial view of my seats beautiful um out there and the, the run game starting to go i really think that sean payton the the schemer and offensive designer is great and that's going to win you some games just based off of that but the talent and the ability to add talent is limited until 2026 and you have again it's easy to say in hindsight but you know these big contracts you're going out and getting and trading future top 100 picks for you know the 80th overall pick in a cornerback it's stuff that like the self-awareness of where the roster actually was. And I totally get it with Russell Wilson. And it's again, easy to say in hindsight, but those kind of moves just put off the future flexibility where when you actually do have the pieces, you can go for it. So it's going to be interesting uh, to follow for the Broncos and we'll see you what happens with throw a dollar in the side jar. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And, we're talking about this like an inevitability, Scott. I don't, it's kind of the vibe I got talking with people who are more in the know than me, but is there is a chance that Russell Wilson is here after this season. I know that you keep saying that it's not, they won't do it after this year, but there's a $37 million guarantee. No, I'm not saying that. I'm okay, saying I feel like it's, it's still financially best. I believe that Russell Wilson is on the roster next season. That's your financially best option. It costs you so much to do that because that guarantee that kicks in. I know, but it's still less. The, 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 the money he gets next year plus that guarantee is still less than his dead cap number for next year. I'd have to look at it again because like, there's it's like eight, it's like 85, 89 million dollars straight up dead cap next year. And his his cap next year is like 35 with the $37 guaranteed is like $72 million. It's about the same, but it's actually a little less. And I might be able to trade some of that money where if I have a dead, if, if I just take the dead cap, I, might, I, I won't be able to, I might be able to trade him and pick up some of that salary money with dead cap, dude, you're just screwed. You're eating it. You're done. Well, let's look at the numbers at some point, Scott, because I'm looking at uh, over the cap. They did a really awesome article uh, last year when Russell Wilson was playing dreadful on moving on from Wilson. And because of how that $37 million guarantee hits um, for 2025, uh, the dead cap hit is actually, from what I'm looking at here, uh, less if you move on from him after this season versus if you move on from him after 2024. So if you move on okay. from him, Post June first designation this year, the twenty twenty four dead cap hit would be thirty five point four million, and then twenty twenty five would be forty nine point six. But when that forty, when that thirty seven seventy five million, yes. So, but million. and then if you do it in twenty twenty five, when that thirty seven million becomes guaranteed on the fifth day of uh, free agency twenty twenty four, your dead cap hit for twenty twenty five is fifty five million. And the 2026 dead cap hit is 31 million. So it's 85. So it's within $6 million or so is 
but it's a year later as well. Yeah. Cause then you're taking it in 2026 on top of it. So I think if, if it is happening the based on, if we were going to believe um, the article here from Jason Fitzgerald at over the cap and good follow Jason underscore OTC. If you're curious about cap stuff, he does really good work, but if it's happening, I think it's happening this off season based on that weird language with that 2025 37 million becoming guaranteed. And this and is assuming can, that they can exercise the post June 1st, not execute it, but exercise it prior to the fifth day of the league year next year, <laughs> which I think you can do. Yeah, got it. I think you can too. You can I designate think- it as a June for a post June 1st transaction. So we're not picking this up. We're doing this. I, I think you can too. You have to pay them up until then up. or something, but usually you get paid on game day, you know, game weeks anyway. You only get paid during the season anyway. And I'll post this article in the uh, chat right now, just because, I mean, it is very uh, heavy in the finance kind of things. There is no good answer is the problem, Nick. We're talking just a couple million dollars here or there. You're, You're looking at a record dead cap number by a lot, no matter how you do it. Hence the, when are you competitive? 2026. There's a possible, you know, seven teams in the playoffs, you know, Sean Payton, maybe you could, you know, scrap together ball bounces your way a few games. And Broncos were ball bouncing their way a few times this season where they could be, you know, three and three right now. The the first two weeks could have been easily wins for them. Uh, Jets game probably could have been a win as well. But alas, here we are. Troy Bauer. Troy, it was really great to meet you at the meet and greet and talk with you. you Confirm his last name pronunciation because we say it different on every show. Troy Boo. Just for the Halloween season. TB. TB. Yeah. Uh, I did not uh, ask him, um, but got to talk a little bit about the dog. Got to meet your stepson as well. Uh, Good guy. Really thank you for coming and joining and uh, asking me about my hikes. I love that. No. um, Thank you, Troy. So great to talk with you. He says, uh, thanks again for the meet and greet. Is Drew Sanders getting better? Drew Sanders has packages out there when the Broncos are in base. I think he had four to six snaps in this last game, Scott Four. Okay. See guys. Sometimes I remember things. I did recognize him out there. It's hard to say that he is getting better, uh, just given the limited sample size, but I would imagine that hopefully he's getting a little bit more comfortable with the scheme and starting to understand his assignments a little bit better. Um, that Miami game, he looked like he was swimming the entire game. I mean, what a terrible first game to go against with all the motions and the orbit stuff and the, you know, kicking the wide receiver. I mean, that's, I can't imagine a harder first matchup for a linebacker, given the assignments and having to know what you do when guys move based on what guys are doing around you. But I don't know if he's doing better, but I would assume so coach better, Mm. you know, run a, run a, run a dime. You know, something and you're you might have had problems with your defensive secondary numbers as well as part of the problem. But put Singleton in the middle, use Sanders as, as an edge rusher and make up for that with the the, the uh, with defensive backs. You don't have a hammer. To, you know, Mostert's a good running back, but they're still all about speed. Mm-hmm. And I want to base dime if I'm that bad rather than putting trying to count on a rookie linebacker out there who's still relatively new to the position, period. That's a. Again, that's not on Drew Sand. That's not on Drew Sanders. That's on the Denver Broncos for not having a better option than Drew Sanders at the time, and for putting him in a spot where he had absolutely no chance of success. Yeah. So, is he getting better, Troy? You'd hope so. Yeah. Through experience, he's being used less. That's how I would put it. He is being counted on and used less. He went from um, fifty-seven snaps against Chicago to 13 against Kansas City, to four at home against Green Bay. So he is being counted on less and less as the season goes on. 
And it's possible we haven't talked to me a little bit about the trade. I think the Justin Simmons one's not happening. I think right now, Scott, if you made me have to guess the future of Garrett Bowles, I think it's more likely he gets a new contract versus being released outright uh, from people I've spoken with. They've actually been pretty pleased uh, with Garrett Bowles. We'll see where the Broncos are drafting and what that means. What kind um, of contract? Because his base salary is $16 million next year. And is he going to take a pay cut? I think it's not an outright pay cut. I think it's something where the salary cap is the hit is lowered next year. So it's essentially an extension, but the, you, you get the bonus. So he's paid immediately because of the signing bonus. Oh, I know, but, but that's his hit base, later. He, he will take that $16 million base salary and you'll turn it into a signing bonus. Yep. Okay. What is his average on his last contract? His average was four years, $68 million, which comes out to about 17 ish. 17 million a year. You're going to be I, able to come up with a contract that averages him 17 million a year over three years, three years, think, $51 million with a 61 with a $16 million signing bonus. I think they probably can do four years and it would be something similar to what it is now. And the one thing that again, people I've spoken to Scott is a that 33 year old. That's okay for an offensive tackle. He's 32 um, next year. He's yeah. 32 next year. I think that's okay for an offensive tackle. And also everybody's expecting the salary cap to explode with the Amazon YouTube money, I think we're going to see unprecedented growth in the salary cap over the next four to six years. So I think uh, Garrett Bowles is playing his way to a new contract with the the contract being lesser uh, going forward beyond that. Unless somebody wants to give up a second round pick for him or something like that. I just, I, I, he might be worth the second round pick right now, given the the limitations or the limited uh, quality offensive tackles that are out there. But I think right now he's playing more so to being extended, which is shocking to me. And if you guys go back to listen to me in the offseason, I was like, oh, man, you might need to bench Garrett Bowles now. Uh, but he's been playing good football. I mean, when the evidence, the tape proves the contrary, I'll be the first one to say, nope, wrong. Let's let's backtrack that one. Uh, he's playing good football right now overall. Uh, the other tackle spot, that's an issue, especially the contract. But uh, we'll see. We got Facebook user coming in saying the more you talk about it, George Payton has done a super poor job. Do you think he's back next year? Scott, what do you think? Um, I'll address the first part. I didn't even think of the second part. The, do you think he's back next year? No, no way. Dead man walking. He's been a lame duck since Sean Payton walked in the door, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and where I had given him props up until then was in salary cap management. Now, that went out the window with the Russell Wilson extension. He's going to have to fall on the sword for that one, even if it was done at the beck and call of the Walton Penner group who said, we want to get this done now. I don't know how much involved he was. Any move that has been made after Sean Payton has walked through the door. I do not put on George Payton's ledger. I just don't. I don't think he is an acting general manager. I think Sean Payton is. And I've said this before, Nick, the biggest liability for Sean Payton, the coach will be Sean Payton, the general manager. He's got to get somebody in there. It's a different skill set. It's a different job. He's got to get somebody in there that he trusts in order to turn over and have a legit personnel salary cap analytics guy in there building that roster. Yeah, not a puppet government or a shadow state or whatever, if you will, in that uh, front office, which, yeah, it's weird. The coach is always concerned about winning in the now, but the general manager in the front office needs to be thinking about the health of the roster over the next three to five seasons. And 
they're always at a little bit at odds. And if one has too much power, it can have some issues. I would rather have the general manager have more power to be completely honest. Um, in the, that roster perspective, I mean, you got Howie Roseman definitely calling the shots there in Philly and he, you know, he'll constantly just draft positions of value in the first round and then trade day three capital for running backs, safeties, linebackers, and it uh, looks pretty darn good uh, out there. Granted hitting on a day two quarterback helps a lot too. Guys, we got to start wrapping up here, but I want to say hello to Keith Brugman is in the house. Good morning to you, Keith. Hopefully you're doing pretty darn well. We appreciate you always. And uh, hope, yeah, hopefully we see you at a meet and greet sometime in the near future. Greg Smith in the house. Aloha to you. He says, good morning. Broncos for breakfast. We got Gatorade gaming in here saying you like that. David Burkhart coming in here saying my wish list is simple. Beat the chiefs at home. We'll start turning the page here. Probably Thursday. Uh, looking forward to the, uh, the chiefs game. Uh, but I think a lot of Broncos country, if they lose every game the rest of the season, but beat the chiefs and reset that, uh, streak that's going on right now. I think a lot of Broncos country would be okay with that. I'm not expecting to beat the chiefs by any mean, uh, any means, but, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, Chiefs looked really good against the Chargers, but man, that uh, talk about a dead man walking, Scott. Uh, Brandon Staley, that uh, the Chargers team, perennial underachievers at this point. Man, uh, going to be rough. <laughs> See, we got the J.J. McCarthy ones here. J.J. McCarthy sounds like the name of a ventriloquist dummy. A little bit, yeah. Dominique saying Jake Putler, Jake Plummer was better than Jay. Jake Plummer played better quarterback than Jay, but Jay was more gifted um, as a player. So uh, we'll see what happens. It does seem like... A- the physical gifts and the, the moxie... The problem is, is you can't measure the moxie. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And Michael coming up with a name here that I've mentioned quite a few times, Jeff Ireland, a name to watch out for, for the Broncos general manager. I think if Sean Payton had his brothers, Jeff Ireland would be very high, but while Sean Payton is running the football side of things, the operations and the team itself is still very much the general manager. And maybe they see how things are going this year or whatever. Maybe they hire somebody who is more, equivalent to Sean Payton versus, you know, just giving Sean Payton full reign. I, I don't know what the dynamic will be with Sean Payton and the ownership group in terms of the general manager hire, because make no mistake, the ones signing the checks are the ones who are truly in charge here. So maybe it's not just hiring whoever Sean Payton wants. And I agree. Andrew Lampy coming in with some stars on Facebook. He says, good morning. Good morning to you. Hope all is well. Going to enjoy this win before we get toyed with by the chefs again. You never know. And again, Nick, it was a close game, and that's the problem with screwing around and not putting a team away. The Chiefs felt comfortable, but there you are at a one-score game. You know, so you've been close. You've played them tough. It's going to end eventually. It can't go on forever. And as Nick always says, and I think it's it's a fun play on words, is every day is one day closer that the, the streak ends. Don't know when that is, but you are one day closer to that day uh, that it ends. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly possible. And uh, we'll have a chance to talk about a lot of the uh, Russell Wilson stuff. I'm now catching up on the comments when we were going in about the contract as well. Again, the dead cap hit is just significantly bigger based on what I saw. If you keep him after this season, and it means that then you are not free from the contract until 2027 while paying more. So that is a, uh, a tough ask. I think, honestly, if you are about sitting the rookie quarterback, it probably is Jarrett Stidham as your starter next year. And then, you know, six weeks left, four weeks left. Maybe then you make that transition. I wouldn't even be against doing that with the first overall pick next year, given the state of the roster, 
around uh, the quarterback position right now if you are tearing it down. But we'll have a, a lot of time to talk about hypotheticals and see how everything plays out. We got Michael Ronquillo. Great show today. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. And, uh, yeah, guys, Kareem Jackson suspended four games. Uh, Broncos kind of lose one potential landing spot for Justin Simmons. Um, we'll see how it plays out. And, Scott, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see a super-duper active uh, trade deadline here from the Broncos. I think if I had to put odds on one guy being traded, it'd be Jerry Judy. Do you have an opinion? If there, if there was a second guy most likely to be traded, who would it be? Cortland Sutton. You say Cortland Sutton? I'm going to go with Josie Jewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Josie's played – well enough that there might be some interest for him out there. I think both the bills and the Cowboys are looking for linebackers. And I don't think it would cost very much while moving on some salary cap for the Broncos. It would also create an opportunity for Drew Sanders, who given where the Broncos are at right now, probably would be okay with him getting some snaps and experience. I think Josie Jewell might have, I mean, you're talking about like a sixth or seventh rounder, but I think you're that's still talking about a trade. You know, yes. what, what would it be? And I, I just think you've got a little bit better depth. Mm-hmm. at wide receiver and i think that Cortland sutton is more valuable at the wide receiver position than inside linebacker you're gonna have to eat a lot of his contract nobody's gonna pay it so you're gonna eat the eat the contract send you a third or fourth round pick and he can be a really good two or three on a contending team so yeah. I, I just think he's a more valuable asset so i would go Cortland sutton definitely possible um I think Cortland Sutton could be an awesome number two for this team. Um, and I think that Mims can be a really good number three. And if you can get a one and it's the team is just missing, you know, like that number one player at so many positions. We're like, Oh yeah, the guys we have, they'd be good if they were one spot lower, but alas, uh, here we are one here for you, Scott, uh, flazzy five, most improved player so far, Lloyd Cushenberry. He's been solid this year. Uh, has he earned a second contract? First one, is he the most improved player on this team so far this year? In your opinion? I mean, I think you got to go Nick Benito on that one. Um, yeah. you know, and some of that's just based on, well, no, I'll, I'll keep going from this one. <laughs> some of that with Nick Benito is first year to second year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most improved player from last year to this year is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yep. <laughs> is is yeah. where I would go with that one. I think he's the one that's playing exponentially better where I think that Lloyd Cushenberry has gone from liability to okay. It's just that the bar has been set so low that okay is starting to look really good if you don't believe me type in dalton reisner into twix and see the responses that the minnesota vikings had to his game last night it's like a revelation they think because ezra cleveland had been playing so bad at left guard that dalton reisner's okay game he was okay he wasn't you know is like oh my god this guy is a miracle he's the most the, the best thing i've ever seen he was moving laterally well and he was getting in combination blocks well and he was getting pushed back when he was one-on-one with defensive tackles it was the good version of dalton reisner lloyd cushenberry at the end of his rookie contract got a a bump up to three million dollars do i want to pay him that type of money as a raise you know a three-year deal at 12 no i don't i want an upgrade there and i might offer him close to the same money but I want significant competition in there. And I still hear Sean Payton saying good things about Alex Forsyth. That's that's exactly it, Scott. Your starting center next year is probably somebody that's already on the roster. It's either going to, I would be shocked if it's not Luke Wattenberg or Alex Forsyth. Um, I've heard good things about them behind the scenes. Um, they are, and the Broncos, unfortunately, with the cap stuff we keep talking about, 
You know, you talk about, we need to get another center. We need another safety. Oh, we need another cornerback. You're not going to have the resources to fill every single one of those spots. So some guys that are already on the roster are going to be put in those positions. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, Forsyth or Wattenberger are starting center next year. And that's not because Cushionberry hasn't been much better this season. It's just because they can't, you know, you can't have four of your five offensive linemen paid uh, second contracts with your quarterback getting paid as much as he's about to get paid next season, whether he's on the roster or not. Right. Uh, so as much, as much money as your quarterback is going to be costing against your salary cap. Yes. The quarterback <laughs> position. So we'll see. Uh, we got Michael Ronquillo. Good show today. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Go Broncos for breakfast. Go Scott. Thank you so much uh, for holding down the fort. We are going to get out of here after we say hello to Patrick, our guy coming in here. Aloha gents. And also, oh, never mind. I was going to say hello to this uh, Twitch person, but that seems like an ad. So never mind, Twitch <laughs> person. We only like Robot of Doom. Um, so uh, appreciate everyone coming in. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at BFB underscore pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook groups at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as that ticker says there underneath, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle, like this episode specifically, and share it on your social media platforms. Uh, it was fun to be on the other end, you know, ch- chipping in a little bit in the uh, waiting in the airport, listening to you, Scott, but uh, definitely prefer sitting here next to you virtually uh, so we can talk. I got to say, you say something on the show when I'm just listening out in space and I'm like talking back to you. Like I'm actually a part of it. So, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Man? I don't know if I froze there or if you froze, and but I'm still interrupting you. Is the thing. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, talking. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. You got something to say. And if you don't say it right now, you'll forget. I'm I'll the same. Forget it. It's uh, it's the, not only my three quarters ADD. I'm, I'm, I'm old. Uh, I want to say thank you to Michael Rankio for coming in a couple of times with the stars and the support you show for us. Mark Schrader. Great to see you again. Gary Palmer. Brandon Williams, Rob Buxbaum, uh, Jonathan Follick, Troy, uh, and Andrew. Thank you for the support that y'all have shown Broncos for breakfast today, gentlemen. We certainly appreciate you. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Um, Nick was the weird guy at the airport. I always am. You can just get rid of the airport. But appreciate everybody coming in. Uh, it was really great to see a lot of you at the meet and greet. And fun to see my first victory and uh, you know draft, pos- draft position, whatever. It's hard to win the NFL. I feel good for a lot of those guys in there. Uh, on that team getting that win we will see you again i'll see you again tonight on uh, building the broncos with carl and then uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning as well on forging the falcons if you're curious to hear about you know draft or nfl in general or whatever the heck's going on with the falcons red zone offense <laughs> down there in tampa my god scott i i heard yakety sacks playing every time you got within the one here you go <laughs> um just take yeah, it. unbelievable <sighs> unbelievable yeah you get <laughs> you win a game with three red zone turnovers two coming at the one your team played pretty well. Yeah. Yep. So we'll talk later, guys. Have a great one. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion, as I always like to say, and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.